Today on CityCast Boise, the holiday season is here with lots of parties and big gatherings to enjoy with friends and family. But before you throw away those masks, Dr. David Pate, aka Idaho's Dr. Fauci, is here with some practical tips to make sure COVID-19 doesn't ruin your holiday plans. It's Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Dr. Pate, thank you so much for being here today. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be with you. I've followed you on Twitter and watched you for the last couple of years, and I just have to ask, What's it like to be the Dr. Fauci of Idaho? <laughs> well, this was totally uh, unexpected. Um, you know, I uh, told my board when I was CEO of, of St. Luke's Health System that in about March of 2019 that I was planning to retire in a year. And so I ended up uh, retiring at the end of January, uh, you know, just as things were unfolding in in China and other parts of the world. And then uh, within a few weeks, I got a call from the governor to uh, serve uh, as an advisor on his coronavirus work group. And that just really changed the whole trajectory, uh, as well as did the pandemic. So I didn't plan for or expect any of this. And in fact, I was planning on uh, taking a number of trips with my wife and uh, we ended up having to cancel all of those because of the pandemic. Yeah, the timing on that, that you were supposed to retire and now you're basically like a volunteer (laughs) on the governor's coronavirus task force. And and you've been basically at the forefront of public health conversation for two years and you've done hundreds of media interviews. Are you just like, yes, this is exactly how I wanted to spend my retirement? <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things. Um, I'm a very devout Christian, and I've always noticed in my life that God has has led me in unexpected directions. Uh, and certainly I was not expecting this. I thought I was going to retire in peace and quiet. And, and in fact, my wife reminds me constantly, you know, you're supposed to be retired uh, because <laughs> I ended up, especially in 2020, uh, with all the media uh, interviews, uh, the work on the coronavirus work group, uh, just trying to keep up with the literature that was coming out about the virus and the disease because uh, we didn't know too many answers back then, I probably was putting in more hours a week on COVID than I had been used to working uh, as the CEO of St. Luke's Health System. <laughs> well, we appreciate your call to service because I know people have had so many questions and the holidays are coming up and people, of course, want to like gather with their loved ones without having to think about COVID. But what do you think? We probably still need to think about this this year. Unfortunately, things could have been different if we had all agreed to make some short-term sacrifices for the long-term benefit. But, uh, you know, we live in a society where we want immediate gratification and we're not willing to make too many sacrifices. And so here we are. And I think what is especially concerning about the upcoming holidays you know, people are no longer worried about COVID and they just think, ah, you know, I, I'm kind of done with it. So our protections are at an all-time low. 
Uh, number two is that even among the elderly, uh, you know, people my age and more, their booster rates are pitiful. And now, because we haven't done anything to constrain the transmission of the virus, we now have about 200 variants out there that are concerning. And it looks like instead of one predominating, we may be dealing with perhaps half a dozen of them. And these are the most immune evasive whether you've been infected or vaccinated or both, the risk of getting reinfected is going to be higher. And we are seeing big flu activity in the U.S. We've got RSV activity, and now we're going to put people on planes. Uh, We're going to have families getting together with these elderly. Yeah, no masks in schools right now. Yeah, so we're going to have all this happening. And I... You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am concerned. So I have two kids in high school and or sorry, one kid in junior high, one kid in high school, one kid in college. And I think about, you know, for young people, especially how crappy this last couple of years have been. You know, I think of like my 19 year old and his friends who are like starting their college careers, you know, starting their careers, trying to make friends, trying to date, trying to have fun, find a partner. And it's like the tug for these essential social connections have been really at odds with some of like your public health guidance in a lot of ways. What's your take on that tension? Oh, I certainly agree with you, Emma. I I really feel badly uh, for these young people because unfortunately, those are the kind of gatherings of people that most promote the transmission of these viruses. So I feel terrible for them because I know how hard it would be for me back in those days. But we have really done a disservice by how the narrative about COVID has been really just focused on whether you get COVID and you're, you have a quote unquote mild case or whether you get hospitalized or die. And, and that kind of a binary distinction is really a real problem for younger people because there are a lot of long-term effects that can occur from this virus that we still don't understand, but I'm seeing a lot of warning signs. For example, in some of these younger people, their risk of developing diabetes after COVID doubles. And and we've just recently seen some really striking cases of middle-aged people, you know, in their 40s, at the prime of their life that suddenly died after, you know, weeks to months after COVID. And I'm afraid that because we have not protected the young people in this country, that they are going to bear some of these long-term health consequences. I think we've really abandoned our children and young people. You're right. And it's very scary when you think that, you know, if we're just going to do this, kids could get infected five, six, seven times. I mean, I feel like the collective feeling is that like things are better than previous years of the pandemic. Why should we still take precautions? It's not as bad as it was. Things are better, but let's be clear about in what respect. If you are fully vaccinated and if you are fully boosted, your chances of getting severely ill or dying are dramatically reduced. So yes, and that's a wonderful thing. However, What we have learned is 
vaccination will decrease your chances of developing long COVID, but doesn't eliminate it. So, you know, the the whole discussion of, well, there's, you know, this COVID's a hoax, you know, that's gone away because now everybody knows somebody that has COVID and they know that's not true. Not everybody knows people that have had long COVID or some of these other long-term consequences of COVID. I think soon we will get to that point where everybody knows somebody like that, but not everybody can really realize that, hey, you could get over quote unquote COVID, but then have some serious health issues later. Yes, things are better, but that doesn't mean throw caution to the wind. Okay. So what is the most important thing for people to do this holiday season then? If they do, if people are just going to do one thing, is it masking up? Is it the booster? Yeah. If you are, one thing that we can take solace in while this virus is developing ways to get around our immunity, the virus hasn't developed any way to get around our high quality masks. And so, you know, what I just want people to do is assess your risk. Is what I'm going to do, is it going to be with uh, young people that are healthy and just a few people? Or is it going to be with a large number of people? Or maybe some of the people that are going to be here younger, but they're immunocompromised. Then also assess the risk from what is the disease transmission? You need to have more precautions when cases are increasing or high than you do when they're decreasing or low. The best thing you can do in terms of minimizing your risk of getting infected is wear that high quality mask, be outdoors, be aware of your uh, who you're around, how many people you're around, and those circumstances. I got the booster. My kids got the booster. We had no side effects, just, you know, felt a little tired. But I'm surprised by how many young people I'm seeing not get it or how many people, like you said, in general Um, What would you say to somebody who's young and healthy about why they should get the booster? The reason I want you to get boosted is, first of all, it's safe and effective. But the most important thing is I want to keep you healthy. And what we need to keep in mind is when we have a brand new virus, we won't know the long-term health consequences perhaps for 10, 20 years. So why threaten your later years. Stay healthy, get boosted. Let's talk about testing. Where does that fit in now? Uh, Since people are doing a lot of home testing and stuff, can you talk a little about that? Home testing has been one of the tremendous successes of this pandemic because we've made it convenient and we've made it accessible, especially during the period of time that the government was providing free tests. Congress has just stopped the funding for it, so we're not going to be having free home tests, but they are really convenient. We had a fear that maybe with successive variants at some point, they might fail to detect the variant. So far, that has not happened. We can They still work, but it would actually be a good way for determining when people can safely go back to work uh, or go back to other settings, because when you're test is negative, 
those people almost never transmit the virus to anybody else. And so instead of maybe going by the five-day thing, people should at home test until they're negative before they go back to work or school. I think most of us that are, are have more knowledge or expertise about this, uh, you know, have always thought the five-day rule was ridiculous. When that five-day rule, five rule was uh, implemented, because you remember early on in the pandemic, we said, if you're infected, stay home two weeks. If you're uh, exposed, stay home 10 days. Uh, and then in, it was right as Omicron, kind of right after Delta and right as Omicron was coming, that the CDC changed the guidance. They didn't do it based on science. What they did is they feared, and rightly so, that our health systems were going to get overwhelmed. And so they said, okay, you can go back after five days as long as you wear a high-quality mask. Well, what happened was then everybody applied it to the general population and say, yeah, you can go back to, to work or whatever after five days. So this was really uh, a misstep and a overgeneralization of advice that wasn't even based on science. I think most of us agree a much better approach would be, as you just suggested, Emma, tell people if you have been infected, stay home until you are testing negative for a couple of days, then you can go back and it would be much more safe. Wow. Well, great advice. And I hope people follow that. I know a lot of people who have said, oh, I'm on day five. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure I got COVID in Denver from someone who said, oh, don't worry, I'm on day five. And I was like, oh, no. So yeah, back up from that person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, well, I wanted to ask you, so you have been uh, attacked a lot for your views on public health, but today I would rather hear about some of the good things you've heard from people in Boise and other parts of the state. Can you tell us a good story that's come from you being such a public figure in the last three years? Yeah, you know, and Emma, you and I were talking about, um, you, you know, how tough social media can be. And with social media, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. And part of the bad is that people can say things on social media they would never say to your face. I think the good news story is I hear from so many people, like what you just told me, that have thanked me. And so in my daily living, whether it's phone calls or notes or people I might pass outdoors that they say, oh, thank you so much. And that's really been the encouragement that's kept me going is to realize that whatever you're reading on social media, that probably only reflects a very small but vocal part of the community. Maintain your perspective. Know that that's not representative and know that there are lots of people out there that if you are saying good things, speaking the truth, and, and setting a good example, that they're really appreciative. That's the good news. And before you hop on the plane to go see Grandma this year, be sure to check out our show notes. We have Dr. Pate-approved suggestions for high-quality masks to protect you and your loved ones, plus updated info on home testing. And if you haven't gotten your booster shot yet, remember that the latest version is available at pretty much every pharmacy around town, with plenty of options for kids five and up too. We'll link to a vaccine navigator to make it easy to get the jab. Mm -hmm. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Be sure to subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter where we keep tabs on public health and other community news. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Bye!